0: Welcome everyone, you're listening to the Civility Day podcast presented by the Texas Young Lawyers Association. Today, we will discuss civility and why it is important in our profession. I'm your host, Nick Gwynn, and I'm an attorney in San Antonio, Texas with the firm Gunley & KPC, PC, where I practice IP law. I have the honor of interviewing our guest, William Higgins. William is an attorney with Hagans Montgomery Hagans in Houston, Texas. He is actively involved in the community, devoting significant time and service to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. He is consistently recognized as a super lawyer. Welcome,
1: William. Thanks, Nick. I wish I could be in San Antonio with you to eat Mexican food, but it's good to talk to you uh, remotely as well.
0: Well, thank you. We're so happy to have you, and uh, you're you're more than welcome to join us uh, here for Mexican food or otherwise anytime you like.
1: I so appreciate we- that.
0: I, I, I want to get us started on our civility talk today, but just to asking you about your practice and how you got there.
1: So, our firm uh, we handle almost exclusively plaintiffs' cases, almost exclusively contingency fee cases. Probably sixty percent commercial business uh, type cases, forty percent uh, serious personal injury cases. But there, what distinguishes us from a lot of firms is the fact that we will handle large contingency fee commercial cases. And um, that's something that there's just not a lot of, we've got seven lawyers here and we maybe have 25 total cases. Uh, So we, we take a great interest in whatever case it is we're handling and spend a a lot of time on it um, and, and really get to know our clients and, uh, do the best that we can for them. Very good.
0: And how did how'd you join your, your firm? Uh, what, what attracted you to it?
1: Well, when I came out of law school, I went to work for Bracewell. Um, it, it has become something of a family tradition to work for Bracewell. My dad started there uh, back in the early 70s. Uh, I started there out of law school, and then my little sister started there out of law school, um, and she now is a uh, a briefing attorney for one of the Court of Appeals justices. So I, I, I started at Bracewell for three or four years in the litigation section, handling all sorts of cases and was lucky to handle some plaintiff's cases, as well as some contingency fee cases while I was there, had one case that needed to go to trial at that time as a fourth year associate, I had not tried a case, certainly not first chair, tried a case. So I convinced my dad to sit second chair with me for free. Um, He looked at it as an opportunity to try a, a, a case, you know, with, with his son, I was soaking up as much information as I could about, you know, trial strategy and, and everything else, as well as talking to some of the partners at Bracewell. And we got a tremendous result for a woman who was hit by a tow truck, FedEx delivery driver hit by a tow truck as she was delivering a package um, and got a, a great result for her. And I realized I really enjoy trying cases. And although I was concerned, I would never be able to work with my dad because we'd butt heads. I realized I really enjoyed working with him. And so uh, within the next couple months, I left Bracewell and joined uh, my dad's firm. And it, here we are over 10 years later. And my dad, Kendall Montgomery, and I uh, really enjoy practicing law together. And we've got some great lawyers here that um, have been here, most of whom have been here for, for years and years. Um, and we really enjoy the practice of law.
0: That's good. Well, William, I know that civility is important to you, and it's a pillar of your practice. Can you tell our listeners why that is?
1: As a lot of young lawyers know firsthand, um, I'm sure, and I'm sure had a lot of have seen a lot of the same sorts of things that I experienced. I saw a number of examples of other lawyers fighting just to fight feeling like they had to disagree just to be disagreeable. And I'll always remember a time when I was trying to work something out, granted over email, which may have been a mistake, but trying to work something out with an opposing lawyer. and, And the other lawyer just kept sending back aggressive emails, you know, complaining about how I didn't know what I was doing that, you know, I was, I was being difficult, whatever, but being very aggressive and very argumentative. And I felt like I was just trying to work something out with him and and looking for a solution. So finally, Brian Dumasnil, who was the partner at Bracewell that I was working for at the time, and, you know, of course, being CC'd on all the emails, finally, he just sent an email reply all that said, look, guys, let's stop. I'm attaching a copy of the Texas Lawyers Creed to this email. I'm going to read it over the weekend, and I'm asking that everybody on this email read it over the weekend, um, and let's talk next week. And that was something that really stood out to me that it, it wasn't accusatory, it wasn't disparaging. It was, hey, let's remember we're in this profession together. Let's try to work together on this and you know i will tell you that i sometimes feel like emails at least to some degree have done more harm to professionalism than anything else the fact of the matter is picking up the phone talking to someone taking them to lunch finding finding them at the courthouse talking to them it does more for professionalism and civility than almost anything else we can do
0: That's a a nice story. And I I think a lot of us find ourselves in those positions where things have become difficult, uh, unnecessarily so, and, uh, you know, fighting for the sake of fighting. And um, I think I'd like to implement uh, tactics like that to hopefully bring center people, you know, back on what's important and, you know, removing the unnecessary hostility and less than uh, civil behavior in the future. Uh, So thank you for sharing that. Uh, aside from your colleague at Bracewell, who you just shared that that story, uh, who else exemplifies civility to you?
1: So the easy answer to that is my dad, Fred Hagans. And as you may know, that in 1989, Justice Eugene Cook appointed him as the co-chair of the Supreme Court Advisory Committee on Professionalism. And that's the committee that wrote the Texas Lawyers' Creed. And he has spoken about professionalism, spoken about civility, written about professionalism and civility, and just sat and talked to hundreds of lawyers uh, over the years about professionalism and civility. You know, and it's been over thirty years since the lawyer's creed was was published. Um, Warren Harris is another prime example. I've been very lucky to have Warren as a mentor uh, for many years. He's helped guide me through working with different bar groups and because of Warren's guidance and, and his advice over the last few years, I've chaired the professionalism committee here, here in Houston, a couple of times, the last two years I've been on the state bar professionalism committee, but Warren, and it's, it is definitely different for appellate lawyers than it is for trial lawyers. But I have I've watched Warren always work with lawyers on the other side and find ways to work through issues without someone um, or without losing civility or professionalism, that he finds ways to become friends with uh, people on the other side of cases that is it's a unique skill that uh, I've I've watched him over the years use, and, and a lot of it is because of how involved he is with the bar and um, things like that. And and I've I've tried to emulate some of those types of things to get more involved, to just become friends with more lawyers because you never know who you're going to need uh, a favor from or, or to work with or you know somebody that that you just don't want to cross unnecessarily.
0: You know, Willem, you've already identified several uh, folks who exemplify civility uh, and shared some stories about them. Uh, What other instances or do you have any instances that stand out to you of civility that you'd like to share?
1: I'll never forget. I was a first year attorney. I filed a motion for summary judgment. I couldn't tell you what type of case it was. Couldn't tell you what the issues were, but I will never forget. I filed my motion for summary judgment seven days before the hearing. The uh, other side filed a response three days before the hearing. I filed a reply and attached evidence to it that dealt with some issue that was in the response. And that is clearly not what the rule says as the moving party. I'm required to submit my evidence twenty one days before the hearing. But as a first year lawyer, i'm I'm doing everything fast. I'm not paying attention as well as I should to the rules. And this lawyer walks up to me, had never met had never met him before, um, would only deal with him a little bit in that case, but he walks up to me and talks to me like a professional about, hey, here's why what you did is wrong. We can't have the hearing. Let's just continue it. He had every opportunity to go in front of the judge and make me look bad. He had every opportunity to call me inexperienced and and naive and, and stupid and anything else. But instead, he just came over and said, we need to continue the hearing. Let's just do this again in a few weeks and let's do it right. And I'll never forget Unfortunately, I can't even remember who who it was or what type of case it even was. But I'll never forget how easy that was and how I've tried to, to do the same sort of thing um, in similar instances because there's just no reason to try to score some cheap points as opposed to just doing what's right.
0: I think that is a good good story. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think you know the, the longer we practice, the the more we learn and appreciate that you know cases, generally speaking, aren't won and lost on procedural grounds. And you know we should think twice before we try to use that as an opportunity to make our opponents you know look like fools or you know belittle them. So I, I think that's something that we can all benefit from. Uh, now that was certainly a positive story. Uh, what horror stories do you have uh, to share, William?
1: I will also never forget an eighteen-wheeler um, injury case where we had reached a settlement. The defense lawyers had been—they'd been difficult, but not overly difficult um, throughout everything, but but we settled the case at mediation and then we began trying to work through a settlement agreement and it got so contentious. Again, we had settled the case. We were supposed to be working together to close the file so they didn't have to worry about it anymore. So their client didn't have to pay them anymore. And it got to the point where This lawyer would not let me speak. She would just, you know, cut me off anytime I tried to talk to her about, you know, the settlement agreement where she ultimately, I thought she had hung up on me in the middle of of me trying to talk through an issue. She, she emailed me later to tell me she had not hung up on me. She had just put the phone down because she didn't want to listen to um, me explain something. And it was, so bizarre to me that we had done the hard part. We had gotten the case settled. And now I just had somebody who no matter what I wanted, she wanted the opposite of it. And it was a very frustrating experience to just keep arguing about things like, would you please send me the red line of the changes you made to what I sent you? No, I will not okay, well, let me show you where, you know, it's, we've been doing this since the Texas Lawyers' Creed. It's in the Lawyers' Creed. Just all I'm asking is for you to no, I, I'm not going to tell you what I changed. And it's things like that, that there are times that people get really frustrated with each other. And, and um, that was a time that I was very frustrated and just kept... Um, that, that is one of the times I stole the idea of sending the lawyer's creed to somebody. And I, I sent her an email and said, please just do me a favor. I'm going to read it. Would you please read it? And let's try to work through this. And it, And we've ultimately did, but it, it was um, as my dad describes it. Sometimes the porcupine uh, experience, you may ultimately get what you want, but we're going to make it as difficult and painful as possible for you did the did
0: things start to soften uh, after the after you encouraged a reading of the Texas lawyers creed
1: yes but probably more so because there were a couple days in between the next encounter okay
0: oh yeah, I, I can't think of a situation where an opposing counsel refused to send me red lines. Uh, and I can't imagine ever being in a situation where I would refuse to share the red lines. It seems pretty simple. Um, okay, well, uh, what what other advice do you have for attorneys regarding civility or just in general?
1: The number one thing that I try to impart on younger lawyers as well as older lawyers for that matter, is going to bar events, going to judicial fundraisers, joining groups like TYLA, joining your practice groups group, spending time with other lawyers outside of your firm, outside of your area, outside of your normal people. And the reason is the folks who wrote the lawyer's creed they all were used to going to back then a docket call where all the lawyers who had cases set for trial would go into a courtroom and they'd talk about their cases and they'd talk to a judge. And oftentimes I think they would go to the bar across the street afterwards, but they all knew each other. They all knew each other on a personal level. And that's why I say sometimes email is one of the worst parts of our practice because we we don't have that personal connection. We don't have that we don't run the risk that we're going to run into somebody when we're sending that email. But if you get to know each other, take your opposing counsel to lunch. Call them when the case first starts and don't talk about the case. Just get to know each other. It makes it so much harder to send a nasty email, you know, on a Friday afternoon or to yell at someone if you actually know them, if you know their kids' names, if you know where they went to college. And if you think you might see them at the next event. So that's my recommendation to um, everybody is, is, go to as many things as you can and just get to know people and talk to people. And, you know, it, it, it there is nothing that um, substitutes for that.
0: Excellent advice. Well, and thank you so much. Uh, I think your comp- contributions today are going to make the Texas day of civility and the law uh, a great one. And I think these are you know, pearls of wisdom that people can can benefit from now and uh, in the future. Uh, so thank you. Uh, well, I have,
1: I have two quotes that I, I use regularly when I present on professionalism and ethics and, and um, civility. One is that, that I, I just like to, to share with people because I want them to, to think about. One is Justice Potter Stewart, who served on the United States Supreme Court for 20 some odd years. And he once said, ethics is knowing the difference between what you have a right to do and what is right to do. The other one is an aphorism that I also really like. There ain't no right way to do the wrong thing. It's credited to, among many other people, Waylon Jennings. And whether he actually said it or not, I want to believe he did.
0: I do, too. I appreciate you sharing those quotes, and, uh, and thank you again, William. Uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening. We will provide information on William in the show notes. Please follow the Texas Young Lawyers Association on Instagram and Facebook at Tex Young Lawyers. Like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. For more information on the Texas Young Lawyers Association or how to suggest or apply to be on our podcasts, check out the website at tyla.org. See you all next time.